Hey, what's up? Today we are talking to Jared Dines, a dude that in our scene does not need too much of an introduction. He is a YouTuber and musician, and we're just talk about his career and then just a whole bunch of fun stuff. And so let's get into the podcast. But first, one of the best ways you can support the podcast is by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're currently listening on. We are one of the fastest growing metal podcasts in the world, and leaving that review helps push us to the algorithm and to people that might not have heard us otherwise. Our goal is to show the lived experiences of different musicians and different people that have worked in the industry and to inspire people to want to be involved and want to reach out into their dreams by hearing the experiences on this podcast. So you leaving a five-star review, pushes us to someone that might not have heard it if you hadn't, and you might change someone's life. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth trying to get people to leave reviews, but really that's what we're talking about. We're just trying to reach people to inspire them to get involved in the music industry. So again, if you could, leave a five-star review, and uh, I would appreciate that greatly. Thank you. Let's get into the podcast with Jared Dines. I am Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. All right, cool. I can hear you. What's up? Chilling. Uh, just ate ramen noodles for the first time in like years. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Did you get flashbacks to tour? I mean, I'm just like, whenever we first started the band, we all lived in an apartment together. And that's literally the only thing we ate to where we were like making sandwiches, like with ramen noodles <laughs> as the meat. And, dude, and I bet I bet that's the best fun you've had in your life, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, and I'm I'm just not allowed to eat any more of it because my wife, and so it's kind of like oh, a treat yeah. now. It's it's weird. Like I I love it. <laughs> it's like we live in the glory days, man. Yeah, take me back, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's funny. Um, I saw you guys play in I think it was Tacoma, Washington. Oh, in that at- red room. In the red room, yeah, bro. That was <laughs> how long ago was that? Uh, that had to 11, be ten years ago, eleven years ago or so. Yeah, oh, so crazy, dude. Yeah, I remember. I was there. Some dude like broke his back or something. I don't. It was crazy. <laughs> Typical. That was uh, the world we knew. The Browning inhale, exhale, dead and divine. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember if my band opened for that or if i was just there but i definitely was there i do know that it's crazy how somehow still 11 years later i can like put myself in that room like oh dude that was the best worst room (laughs) in. it was so awful but it was so sick you know because it was literally it was just a room it was a small (laughs) room and that was it and then people would just like pack it up yeah i mean that that and that was like a no-name tour like you know, there was some, you know, a couple of bands that had some history on that tour, but that, yeah, that's a tour that we, we play a room that can hold 50 people and you put, you know, 70 people in it. And that's like right. the dream, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the most fun, most fun for sure. Yeah. And beats, so beats those giant shows any day. You miss, you miss those days? Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, like just do just playing for your local friends or whatever, yeah. you know, just in a tiny room, like just having a great time. That shit was fun. And you were uh, mainly a guitarist back in, back then, right? Like just full time guitarist. Yes. 
Yeah, I I was in a couple different bands, but mostly guitar. And then kind of the last band that I was in before doing the YouTube stuff, I was doing vocals for. Okay. Um, yeah, but I sent you a message guitar, like that's... I sent you a message like ten years ago asking if you wanted to play in the Browning. I don't think you probably got it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not, bro. Yeah. I just found the flyer for that show. Oh, literally, <laughs> yeah. It's RGW Media. It was November fifth at uh, Conquering Lion. Inhale, exhale. The world <laughs> we knew, deep and divine. The yeah. Browning plus guests. They charge like warriors, which was my band. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Holy shit. That's funny. And I think it got moved because it was at the Red Room. It was supposed to be at this place called Concrete Lion, yeah. which is what this flyer says, which was like an actual venue. It was legit. had a big ass stage and everything. For some reason, I guess it got moved to that different room, but probably best. This. this is so funny. I have to send you this. Yeah. I'll email it to you. This is so great. That tour is actually one of my most memorable tours because it was just nonstop, like breaking down. Like it was just a nightmare. It was in the wintertime in the Northwest. Like it was just an absolute nightmare, but really cool oh, shows. Yeah. Like I love playing stuff like that. It's one of my most memorable tours. And, uh, um, that's so cool that you were there. Um, you still up yeah, in that just, area? It kind of. Yeah, I'm not in Tacoma, but I'm still in Washington. Okay, yeah. cool. Lived here my whole life. But I just sent you that flyer, dude. It's going to probably take you back. That's so funny. Love it. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. They, the Inhale Exo was actually billed to headline that show. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, because it was a World Renew headline tour. Maybe Inhale Exo actually did that one. Interesting. And nice. did you guys ever do like two tours with them? Maybe it was just a completely different. Uh, shoot. It's funny because I can put myself in that room at that show, but then like details like this Finger, are just I don't know. gone. Just, that's funny though. <laughs> that's so sick. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, yeah, that was a, that was a really memorable tour. I was all about that. And, uh, so going back to those days compared to like now, um, like in comparison to the scene, I mean, you're, uh, in a totally different position, obviously from then to now, but like, um, just the scene in general, like, how does it feel to you? Cause I feel like there's not really tours happening like this anymore. Like, I feel like metal is in like a different state. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously since the whole COVID thing, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a lot, it's a lot less of bands, really grinding the road like that yeah late you know and it's a lot more of trying to go viral on tiktok right yeah you know what i mean and so like all the time is spent more into that it's like if they they need to do that first and then if they do that Mm -hmm. then they'll like kind of plan you know okay let's let's go on the road whereas back then when we were doing it it was just like you just went on the road you played for exactly six people on a Tuesday night, you know, and hopefully someone bought you a beer. (laughs) And that was just the fun of it. You know, you're just with your friends and doing that. But yeah, I think technology has come so far. There's just, it's just a different way of doing it now. So you don't see that many. I think it's like technology. And then also um, like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything is as DIY um, as it was back then. Everything was so DIY. Like if you didn't have a booking agent, like who cares? And like, you're saying, uh, like try to go viral on TikTok, so maybe you can pick get picked up by a booking agent and go out with a big band. Whereas before, you were just like going out playing with locals. Like it's, it felt a lot more DIY. It felt like more. Um, 
I don't know, like hands on where now it feels like bands don't really tour unless if they're on like a big opportunity. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's lost a little bit of its um, edge in that sense to where people have higher expectations now of like what Mm -hmm. it should be like, where like back on like this tour, like we played some shows, even though this was like a full package, even an international band on it, we were playing shows in Iowa on Wednesdays to three people. Like it was still like that, but everyone was loving it, but I don't think people would do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think the expectations of the bands as well, Yeah, you know, now it's, it's like bands don't really, I mean, there are bands that definitely do that and still have fun doing that for sure. I just think that there's there's a lot more attention put on. Oh, I'd rather just stay at home and just kind of make you know. This is, this is basically what I did, so I can't knock it. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> it's it it does work. You yeah. know, when you have the technology to use it to your advantage like that, of course. But you know, I I would never want to not have done those things. Yeah. Like I would never want to have not done those shitty tours or yeah. had those you know, experiences with my friends of just, Oh, we're in the middle of nowhere, Montana. Let's just pull out our longboards and go longboarding around this deserted town. Yep. You know what I mean? And like, you look back on that stuff and at the time you're kind of like, what are we doing? Like, the, like, what are we doing with our time? This is so ridiculous. Right. But you know, you look back on it and it's like, you know, that shit was like wholesome and like fun and yep. you you know you don't really as you grow up you know you have kids you get you know married you have jobs that take all of your life and it's like you just don't you can't do that stuff anymore right as much you know Definitely. and so you look back on it and it's like man that shit was so much fun <laughs> you know just kind of going out and living right and just doing stuff with the homies and everything and i think there's still a lot of that for sure you know mm-hmm. um happening it, it, but shifting for sure shifting 100%. Yeah, a lot more serious now. Everyone feels uh like trying to be like super pro in every sense of it. Um and which is a good thing, but also like everyone does got to be uh, people need to be a little more high, lighthearted. I I kind of miss like the fun of it and the fun of uh just like, you know, there used to be goofy music videos or people would have more personal like fun personalities online. Um so I do miss that side of of the metal scene of the kind of goofy silliness of it. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I guess you're, uh, part of the, that <laughs> goofy silliness as well, at least, uh, whenever you were uh, first started going and everything that you're doing. And so, um, your initial like career path was to be like a full-time musician, like a touring musician and everything. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's since I was a kid, probably yeah. 12, 13 years old, you know, I saw I saw Eddie Van Halen playing and I saw, you know, my dad was super into like classic rock, 80s yeah. hair metal and stuff. So that's kind of what I started listening to initially. And I was like, I want to do that. And I just played guitar and then started getting into recording, um, had a little recording studio and just kind of taught myself how to do all this stuff. And I love it. You know, it's just to this day, it's like, man, I have no other life skills. <laughs> if, <laughs> if this stuff doesn't work out, you know, if people just are like, yeah, you know what? Music sucks. We don't care about music anymore. If that ever happens, I'm screwed. I can't do anything else. Right. You know what I mean? Like I can record music and make some fucking silly videos, but that's about it. Yeah. But yeah, no, for sure. You know, as a kid, as like, I just wanted to play music. I want to reach people. I want people to hear what I'm doing. You know, like I want, I want that 
experience, you know, and of course you, you want attention, you want, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just seems so fun. And a lot of it is fun and it, it still is, you know, even though I found my profession is slightly different than what I thought it would be as a kid, you know, it still yeah. involves music and it's still something that I am passionate about and love doing. So it's cool. You know, you can do so much with it. Yeah, You don't have to be a, a famous, you know, rock star touring the world all the time. You know, you can have a recording studio, you can be a studio musician, you could make YouTube videos, you could do whatever and have fun with all this stuff. And it's cool. Definitely. And it's all a creative outlet. And that's, I think that's the most important thing for musicians is that you're doing something creative or you'll have this like big void. And uh, for me, I like my dream would be to write and record songs and that's it. Like if somehow I can make enough money by just doing that and nothing else, like that would be my ultimate dream. Like not even touring, not, uh, you know, doing anything outside of just writing music and putting it out. Um, and so you having started at a young age recording and doing all that stuff, is that where you get like the biggest fulfillment is like finishing a song and then like listening to it? Like, where's your biggest fulfillment? I think so. I think the, I, I have similar fulfillment with the videos as well. If they're actual videos that I'm passionate about and having a lot of fun doing, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together, whether it's um, a video or a song, but for sure, if I, if I do a song and I'm like, wow, this actually kind of turned out really sick. Like I really like this. Yeah. Um, tons of fulfillment from that. And the same with videos. If I have an idea for a script and it's, you know, the, the video thing's funny. Cause I could literally have one joke, like literally one punchline and then have to write a four or five minute video around it. And that's where it gets interesting. Cause I, I don't know, I don't have a clue how I'm going to make this entertaining <laughs> for three minutes. I yeah. have one joke, one punchline, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that can be fun too. Like when you get to the end of it, you know, you thought of the idea, you scripted it out, you filmed it, you edited it. Uh, you know, wrote the tension or it goes viral or people like this is hilarious or this is awesome. It's like, there's tons of fulfillment in that because it's like, you're still putting out yourself. You're still putting out, you know, whether it's a song or a video or uh, anything, you know, you're still putting a little bit of yourself out there and saying, what do you guys think? Do you like this? And then people, you know, mostly hopefully are like, yeah, you know, this is cool. This is funny. We like it. It's like, sweet. I'm validated. I feel good. I got my attention. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Definitely. It's and, for sure a thing. Yeah. And there's, there is a validation. There is like a kind of like a, a, I guess, dopamine hit. They say that whenever you put something out and people react and you're just like, wow, like I actually made something that somehow someone enjoys, like it's a really good feeling. Um, especially yeah, when a lot of it is on you, like the, especially with like your YouTube channel, it's there's other people involved in the production, but like this is you and you're, like what people are visualizing you as. And so it is like um, definitely directly related to you whenever something is successful. And so that has to feel good. For sure. And it's almost like a personal rite of passage where you like, I'm like, okay, I've been doing music for, you know, half my life. Am I even good? Is this, you know, (laughs) am I an actual musician? And then, you know, you get people who listen to your stuff and they're like, this is awesome. Or like, thank you for putting this out. It's like, okay, cool. Like, there's my rite of passage as a musician, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so weird, you know, because obviously musicians in general, I think are a little bit more um, kind of introverted. And like, for me, it was always, I, you know, I, 
I passed school, like I got, I graduated and everything, but I never cared much about anything in school. I always just kind of stared out the window and just always thought about guitar. And when I would go home, I would just stay in my room and play guitar for hours. Yeah. And so that was like my, like, like my growing up was just doing that. And I found kind of an identity in it. Yeah. And so when you kind of, when it becomes such a big part of your personality and your day to day, and you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, do I want to maybe try and continue to do this because now I'm 18 or, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I had to move out and make money. It's like, I don't want to give this up. So do I try? Okay, let's try a little bit. And so you try things out. And that's what I did with the recording studio, the band, uh, band stuff I did. I was in a couple different bands and, you know, you make a little bit of money here and there. there's nothing crazy. And it was, it was a lot of fun fun and then the youtube stuff was like oh cool so i guess that's kind of you know a little bit of the of the rite of passage i guess mm-hmm. the validation of it yeah. is you know and, and yeah it's 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 i would be in my head a lot is my point like introverted kind of in my head a lot like can i even do this is this even going to be a thing and so when you put something out there and people enjoy it it's it's a cool feeling it feels good and so how does it feel now that um you've kind of like and I don't say this in any sort of demeaning sense, but like your um, personality and career was built on like kind of a silly foundation with doing like Mm -hmm. comedy videos. But now you're putting out like very, very serious music with serious musicians. So it's like, um, how does it feel having transitioned? Like, do you feel like now that you're finally getting to what you liked uh, or what your goal was or the with putting out stuff with like uh, Howard Jones and playing on stage with Trivium and doing all this like really sick stuff like that. Do you um, feel like now you've gotten to the point that was your goal or did you just kind of like take it along the way as opportunities came up? Um, honestly, it doesn't feel too much different for me uh, other than just the size of it, because people know me mostly for the comedy stuff and that's fair, but I've been doing serious music years before that. Yeah. So I've always been doing that, you know, even before the comedy stuff. So it's like, I can see the public, you know, um, viewpoint being like, oh, he's silly, he's comedy. And then, oh, now he's doing like the serious stuff and trying to do more mm-hmm. serious. It's like, I've always done all of it. I've always done like, I've always been silly and I've always done real serious songs, you know, quote unquote serious yeah. songs. Uh, it's just now that, you know, I've been doing it for so long. I've been blessed to meet some people like Howard from, you know, Kill Switch and, uh, like you said, Matt from Trivium and stuff. So it's the stuff I'm doing now just has more eyes on it and more attention to it when I do serious stuff. Yeah. Whereas I've always done the serious. So like when I uh, first started YouTube back in 2014, 2015, 2016, I was doing, I was still in bands. I was in a deathcore band. Yeah. And then I was in a band called Rest Repose with um, Ryan Bruce, who has, who's another YouTuber and um my friend tony who's they're now doing a band called dragged under yeah. um that i was kind of in and then stepped down for before they kind of took off yeah just because you know that was i was just at a different place in my life but I, I, as far as a goal my goal is just to have fun yeah, and sure. to make some cool stuff yeah and whether it's serious or silly i think it can reach different people Um, you know, I've, there's definitely a lot of people who enjoy the comedy, the silly stuff. 
there's a lot of people that enjoy the serious stuff. And the more I do in different avenues, the more people that I can reach um, with my, with my brain, with my art, you know what I mean? And so I enjoy it all, but uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't really feel too different. It is strange for sure. Like growing up listening to these musicians and idolizing these musicians and then you're making albums with them or right. making going on tour with them or filling in for them. And it's like, man, I, I, I feel like I'm, above, you know, this is above my pay grade a little bit, but. <laughs> well, it's just, know, it's, it goes to show the um, diversity in like career paths. It's something I talk about a lot on here. There's a lot of startup musicians or people that are trying to get their music out there or just show themselves. And it's like, there's so many paths that you can take that can end in in like the best possible ways there's no set in stone path to being able to do something like this like there's so many different avenues and i mean i've i've always been able to tell in your in the videos you've done um like your capabilities as a musician obviously you can write good catchy metalcore riffs you can solo on guitar you're a good drummer um you can you know you have vocals you can do it all and so i've always been able to see that there's like a foundation there that has um that has the capability to do all this stuff and so seeing um it being more i guess um public to the everyday people that like oh he writes like really good music and is like a good musician it's good to see that and like on this stuff like this uh still a live song that you released recently um oh yeah like on something like that that you release on your channel, uh, how much of those songs are you putting together yourself? Uh, or are you getting together with musicians and jamming? Or um, are you writing the majority of that for the songs that go on your YouTube? I would say probably 95% of all that kind of stuff on my YouTube is me writing basically an entire song with guitar, bass, drums. yeah, And then depending what I want or if I want vocals on it, kind of vocal i'll reach out like in this case was my my buddy vince who's in kind of a little fun side project with me called daddy rock and we've done stuff together for a while so i was like do you want to sing over this and he was like sure so me and him would sit down for three or four hours come up with kind of like ideas melodies um i'll usually do most of the lyrical stuff and he's really good at coming up with the melodies yeah and uh yeah. And then if I want something else, like in that still a live video, my friend uh, played piano. So I just was like, Hey, you know, you're a good piano player. Just listen to the song a couple of times, record yourself doing kind of what you would do. And then he did that. And then I might say, change this part or maybe make a little more exciting here. And then yeah. that's about it. So I'm more like the, yeah, kind of like the director, main composer of, most of the, those type of songs that I do, even in like daddy rock or, um, you know, scion and stuff like that. Yeah. I uh, have a, a producer uh, named Hiram that I work with a lot and it would either be, I would write a full song, send it to him or he'd write a full song, send it to me, or we'd get together for like a week or two yeah. in person and then just write 50, 50, you know? Yeah. And I, I enjoy both sides of it. I really, I do enjoy having that control and, you know, in the writing process and saying, I want the song to go this way. And I also enjoy just sitting back and having someone kind of take the lead that way and say, well, I think we should go into a bridge yeah. and like 
quiet, a quiet bridge, or I think we should go into a loud solo and okay, cool. I'll do it. Let's, let's make it work. You know? Yeah. So I enjoy both. I enjoyed, yeah, there's, cause you get, sometimes I feel like the best stuff I create is just when I can get out of my own way, <laughs> <laughs> when I can just let, you know, other people kind of take over for a little bit and I'll just be the fingers that, that play the instrument. For sure. That's cool. And sometimes it's like, no, I have a very specific idea and a very specific beginning and ending and middle to this song. And I need it to be exactly like that, or it's not going to work for sure. So it just depends. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it, it's really important. It's something I'm working on currently of like building um, people around me that I can trust in, in situations like that to collaborate with in ways. And so you're saying you found a producer, a dude that you write a lot with someone that is kind of like a, a part of it now, like uh, like collabing with you more often. Yeah, I would say he's my he's my main guy right now. Uh, Hiram Hernandez. He does a lot of stuff. He's like kind of in the last couple of years. And I feel like in the years to come, he's going to be a pretty big name yeah. in the rock metal core kind of world. He's, he's doing a lot of things with a lot of big bands right now. Yeah. So he's super busy. But when I met him, it was three, three, four years ago. Yeah. And he wasn't really doing anything at that point. And I started working with him and then um, my manager started working with him That's as it. well. And we were kind of like his first ish bigger projects. Yeah. Um, now he's doing stuff with, you know, Ask Alexandria and the word alive and uh, just tons and tons of bands and artists. So it's pretty cool to see. He's yeah. very, very talented, but there are other people too there. I, I know, you know, maybe the 10 mixing engineers, four or five mastering engineers, a bunch of, camera guys a bunch of songwriters even locally a lot of my friends are musicians and songwriters and it's very good to have a team you know and and i've done a lot of stuff by myself and then i've had multiple different teams and then now i'm kind of at a point where i do a lot of it myself but i also have all these people around me that i can lean on when i need to yeah and know that they're going to give me a really good product at the end. You know, if I'm like, Hey, I, I just, I need uh, something for this, or can you mix this for me? Can you do a quick master on this? You know, and people would be like, yeah, for sure. And that's just some, that's building a contact list over the years. You know what I mean? And yeah, unfortunately that comes with also having to weed out the ones (laughs) who will waste your time and the ones who, you know, aren't going to be that great and they'll sell you on themselves. And then when the time comes, it's like, Oh, you know, like they just, you know, half ass it or they don't get you what you need at the time that you need it. So it's taken quite a few years to find people that I trust, but it's important, man, to have like, especially musically, you know, like I'm working on a record right now and there's about 16 songs on it. And there's a bunch that I wrote entirely myself I'm doing all the vocals and lyrics for every song. And then there's some that I worked on with like three different producers where it was more of like a 50, 50 kind of thing. And even just one record doing it all myself would be like, dude, I have nothing left, man. (laughs) Like, you know, I've been writing like one liners and lyrics since like 2018 (laughs) and I got like 10 songs in and I'm like, I have nothing else to say. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I, I had to do like six more songs, you know? So that's where it's good to kind of 
have other people around you that are like, Hey man, like, you know, could you help me with this or whatever? And I always rope people in for like royalties and yeah. credit and everything like that when it's, when it's due, of course, but you know, and it's fun, you know, it's, it goes back to my early days of kind of recording in a studio where I was just a recording engineer, but I also was a musician at the time. So when bands would come in and they would want to try something, I would, you know, Oh, try this, try that. You know, we go back and forth and the collaboration of working with other musicians has always been a very enjoyable aspect of music for me. Yeah. Probably more so than doing stuff myself. Like I said, unless I need it to be incredibly specific. I'll do it myself, but I would much rather prefer having people help. And that's, you know, when you're doing the stuff that I am, you don't, it's not like a band really. You don't have four or five other people. So they're just people that I've kind of held on to over the years who enjoy doing this stuff with me. We just work well together. Yeah. And it's super important. Like there's no shame if you're, you know, against a wall, if you're stuck somewhere that ask, you know, asking musicians or friends for help for writing. I mean, that's what bands do when you have four or five, six people in a band, you're all contributing when it's just one person that, that can be so overwhelming. And that's the, honestly, I think a lot of the issue with burnout, that's kind of been a a thing for the last few years. People have been talking about like creators having burnout and it's it's because it's one person doing everything. What do you expect? You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. You gotta, you gotta, if you're like a YouTuber, I know tons of YouTubers who have burnt out and like, if there's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I don't have anything left to do. And it's like, well, yeah, because you have to think of the idea. You have to write the script. You have to set up the lighting. You have to find the location. You have to film it or hire someone to film it. Yeah. Then you have to edit it yourself. And then you have to come up with a title. You have to post it and hope that it goes over well. And then you have to do that two or three times a week to stay relevant. Yeah. And it's like, it's incredibly difficult if it's just you doing that. Yeah. And so I've, I've burned, I've gone through burnout like six times. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've been doing this stuff like, every, like once a year, I'll have like a two month period where I'm just like, don't talk to me about YouTube. I don't want to touch a guitar. Yep. Like I just can't do it, you know? And, you know, luckily I've had help along the way when I need it. But, well, I think it's, it's just, it's, it's so tough. demanding that, um, not only just the the physical like work that you have to do of like spending time on it, but then also like the mental side of it. It's it's very demanding um, in so many ways doing doing that type of career. Um, yeah. Because there is no downtime. Like if you if you take time off, it's a detriment most of the time. And um, like it. But for you, you have established like such a thing that you feel like you're at a point that you can almost release anything now and the people are happy about it. Or do you think that um, you have a fan base that is very particular about what they're looking for? I think a little bit of both, but I try not to care too much. Yeah. Because when I first started, I I didn't do a specific type of content to reach a specific type of person or to, um, you know, I never tried to just placate to what the audience wanted. And I just did what I thought was fun. And I try not to take myself too seriously. And even in my own, like, 
you know, existentialistic thoughts, yeah. you know, that everyone has. It's like, oh, well, what if you're just that silly fucking goofy guy? And that's it. Like, who cares? Like, you're having fun. Right. That's just, that it is what it is. You know, like, this is your life and you do what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's so, yeah, it's just, it's just doing, doing what I think is fun, not taking myself too seriously, I think is kind of the most important aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, sure. with uh, a lot of the stuff, um, like in your recent videos, you were talking about doing like a content house and everything. Is that still a plan? I was, and it would still be fun to do. It's just the logistics of it. Yeah. Because of a lot of the, like, you know, the COVID stuff and where I like, I was looking for a house that, you know, would be able to host something like that. Yeah. And the housing prices are so insane right now sure. that, you know, it's just kind of unrealistic. And then reaching out to people, seeing kind of who'd be interested and some, a couple of people would be, but then, you know, three or four people like, I don't really know about like, like, <laughs> I think that a lot of the COVID stuff really fucked with people mentally. Oh, yeah. Like a hundred percent. I mean, not just because I've been seeing like tons of bands like, oh, we, we have to cancel this tour because I need to just like recoup or I need to rest or I need my mental's yeah. not good. People like people that I know that I've been talking to for months saying like, I don't even want to go out and tour anymore because I'm anxious. I'm having like incredible uh -huh. health anxiety and social anxiety because of, I don't want to get sick, you know? And so I think a lot of that, when I reached out to a lot of people, they were kind of like, uh, you know, like a house full of like seven or eight people. I don't, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, I don't know about that. And like traveling and stuff and yeah. having like content creators coming through the house. And so that plus pretty much everything's inflated right now. Like housing markets sure. awful and trying to find a, you know, even if I found a, a place telling them like, this is what I want to do, like renting it for like, say two years or something, they'd be like, uh, we don't want nine people here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially like nine metal. What, <laughs> like we're going to find a, a person who's like kind of chill with that. So sure. it is something that I think would be really fun to do at some point, but the logistics of it are just like, when you get down to it, it's just not really like, viable at this point for I sure and so through the trajectory of everything that you've done um again there's a lot of people that are trying to get their footing and trying to understand like what to do with their creative self uh especially in the modern world um it's kind of hard to judge like how do you go viral like with your viral videos and all that sort of stuff but beyond that say someone that actually does go viral um on tiktok or facebook or instagram anything like that like going through the career that you have, like how, how would you recommend someone manage the trajectory and manage their career to go to the right direction? If they happen to have something like that happen, like a virality. First thing I would say is make sure you're going viral for something you genuinely enjoy doing because that's what people are going to want from you for a long time. And if, if you're just going viral for the sake of going viral, and don't really have a plan after that, then there's really no point in like even going viral, right? Right. Or getting that attention. So definitely do just do what you love to do because that I think that's something that a lot of I see it on TikTok all the time. People kind of have these little viral videos and it's just this one-off thing. Then the week later you you know you never hear from them again. 
but it really do something that you are passionate about and that you enjoy doing because you're going to be doing it. You're, you want to do it for a while. Right. So make sure it's really something that you want to do for the next five years, 10 years, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you have to take advantage of that moment. Like if, if it actually happens to you somehow, you have to really take advantage of it for sure. And don't get too in like, over your head mentally with it. Be careful with that. And then just be careful with listening to people and reacting to people who essentially are, you know, quote unquote haters or mm-hmm. people who, you know, talk shit because that's something that can be damaging as well to your psyche, to your desire to even want to do this is when you read through all those comments and you see people and they may not be saying the nicest things. So just try and stay away from the toxicity of it. And that will help your mental, um, you know, and try and try and build a team around you. Try and have uh, somewhat of a schedule, you know, which is funny for me to say because I'm the worst (laughs) at having a schedule. Yeah. But it does definitely help, especially as you get older and you have adult responsibilities to do. Making time for this stuff is definitely more difficult. Yeah. It's it's good to allow yourself space to do that. And yeah, just have fun. You know, once the fun is gone, then it's just going to crash and burn. When if, if it becomes a chore and you're not enjoying it anymore, it's like time to move on. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, tr- work hard and put out whatever you want to put out, but just be careful, you know, don't burn yourself out too bad. If you need to take a break, take a break. You know, it, but don't be lazy. That's, that's mm-hmm. a big part too, is like, I get a lot of questions like that. It's like, Oh, you know, I, I do like, I try to put out a video a month or a video, you know, every two weeks. And I'm just like, realistically, that's just not, unless you're doing Mr. Beast style videos yeah. or you're doing like crazy cool videos once a month that were, they're going to get millions of views of video. It's like, people aren't really going to stick around for that. You know, it depends obviously what you want to do with your content, but Unfortunately, we live in a time where people want content, content, content now, now, now. And the second, I mean, I'm the same way. You know what I mean? I'm a consumer of other people's content too. The second I watch someone's new video, I'm like, where's the next video? Like, I want to see more. Where's (laughs) give me more? You know what I mean? And so we're just kind of like being trained to just consume content. So you know, and you just have to work, you have to work hard and just put your time into it. And then as you kind of build it, you know, you can get yourself a more realistic schedule, which I think I've finally kind of found a little bit of a balance with. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for the last eight years, I mean, I haven't done anything except for music and YouTube and, uh, content and anything involving music and content. It's just been that, you know, where it's like, Oh yeah, I can't go to that bonfire with my best friends. Sorry. I have to finish this video. Oh, sorry. I can't, you know, go to this or go to that because I have to work. I can't go to the party. I can't do all these things. And it was just like constantly doing that for years, you know, every single day, because I knew if I missed a day, then I would, you know, people wouldn't be as interested in following me because I'm not making as much content, but you know, 
at some point I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I have to have at least a couple days off a week or something. Yeah. And as I started branching into other avenues as well, like doing, you know, more serious music and stuff, I found that I could be financially stable. I could do all this stuff because I've built myself in so many other ways. Whereas say when I first started, I only had the income from YouTube. That's all that was available back then. So it was making just, I had to do so much YouTube content to make ends meet, to keep doing this, that it was just insane. I was just working 12, 14, 16 hours every day, every single day for years. And I might have like a day off here, a day off there, but I was still writing scripts. I was still thinking about my next video. I never mentally had a a day off for years. Whereas now it's like, okay, well, I have YouTube. I'm getting paid from Facebook. Um, Instagram pays now. I have a signature guitar that I make royalties off of. I have like the Scion stuff, like music, my own music, like Spotify. I'm making money off of that. I have merch making money off of that. You know, so it's like I have six or seven different revenue sources instead of just one. So I can slow down a little bit and really just kind of have that balance, which is really important to do. But you definitely have to put the time in for at least a year or two initially and just pump out as much content as you can. For sure. Yeah. And, and that definitely helps. And but. diversifying is something that a lot of a lot of musicians tell me on here. I used to talk about career paths a lot and a lot of people yeah. are just mentioning like you Well yeah, you can't be a one trick pony. Yeah. And you know, like I've seen that a lot too. People will do like one type of video and I, you know, not knocking them at all. It's, it's like, uh, there was one guy who would do, he would just take songs and he would just sing, um, that Shrek song, smash mouth song. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. It was like, and he just did that. It was like, it'd be like playing Evanescence and he'd be like Evanescence cover. And he would just start singing somebody wants to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he did that for like a year. And then he, he himself was like, I have nothing else to do. Like this is getting so old, you know what I mean? And it's like, once, once you see that, you know, for a little bit, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you, you don't care anymore. So yeah, definitely diversify. You don't want to just have one thing. Um, yep. But it's important. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, it's just so interesting. Um, like having uh, known of you and, and kind of watched your career, from whenever you were first popping off to like where you are now kind of being involved and seeing everything that you've been doing it's it's so interesting to see um the so many different directions that career paths can go in the entertainment world and like at this point whether it's music or videos or instagram posts like i view you as just straight up like an entertainer um in all different mediums and um I think that that's definitely a path that a, a lot of people can go on and um, takes a lot of skill, a lot of dedication. Um, but a lot of people have that. And, but the, the big part is just really diving in. Like you said, you have to go for like a year of like really being dedicated and you have to, you know, give it your all. And also like no holds bar, like not question it for a while. Like, and like you said, do something you're passionate about. So it's not something you have to question in the first place. And um, so it's really cool that you kind of found your spot and um, really stuck with it. And it's turned into this, like blossomed into this whole, like overarching, like um, entertainer 
thing to where you're putting out so many different things that people can relate to and connect with. And I mean, like this new, the newest thing on your YouTube, that's still a live song. Like that's not something that someone can like would have expected had they watched your videos eight years ago or nine years ago, you know? Sure. And so it's so cool to see that path and also listen to that song. It's like, you could tell it was like an acoustic song written by someone that writes metalcore. And I thought that was, <laughs> like if I was to write an acoustic song, it'd probably sound the same. It's like metalcore riffs with acoustic. It's like really cool. I, I love the whole vibe of it. It was awesome. Thank you. And I um, appreciate that. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, no matter how far you try to get away from metalcore, you still got it in your blood. You're, oh, dude. <laughs> I know that 100%. I can't write a riff that doesn't sound like 2009 metalcore. Yep. <laughs> like, it's, it's awful, man. It's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, everyone, I, I think that um, like what you've become in the scene is something that is um, going to one influence a lot of people in the future for doing what you're doing. And then also just kind of solidified you as like a metalcore um, person. And so like in, in like the scene itself and not only just like our version of metalcore, but like the bigger scheme of it, like you're out there with Trivium and Kill Switch and all this sort of stuff. It's really awesome to see and inspiring for a lot of people that I'm sure have watched you over the years. So I really appreciate everything you've done. Well, thank you, man. I really, I really appreciate you saying that it's been fun. I've definitely enjoyed it. And like I said, if I ever had to do anything else, I couldn't because (laughs) this is like all I know what to do, you know? (laughs) Yep. I've said that to my wife. It's either I write music and do this stuff or I'm at Walmart. That's the two options. Yep. Yep. Pretty (laughs) much. Yep. And so really, I appreciate you being here talking to me and uh, really excited to see everything you're putting out and all the music you're doing and everything. And so, yeah, thank you, man. Thank you as well. It's been fun. Heck yeah. You have a good day. Okay. You too, man. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening through that episode and making it all the way to the end. And before you move on to the next episode, I would like to ask you again to please leave a five-star review. That helps push us to the algorithm, and we are one of the fastest-growing metal podcasts in the world. And so that helps it grow even more and to reach more people. And so again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace out.